0: Are you ready for a new episode of the new American revolution? I am Carlos. How about you?
1: I don't know if you remember, um, Jared Dawn. Remember Dawn Cherry? Of course. So we still keep in contact all the time. She had just texted me and said they called the national guard out to LA where she's, where she's at. You know, she's like, this scrap is getting crazy. But, um, but anyway, that's a side note.
2: Yeah. And is that that's going to happen. And I don't want the riots to happen, not because I don't feel that it's valid. I feel I don't want to see more innocent people die Mm -hmm. because of this. And I'm watching right now, TV bank, someone wrote, fuck white people, kill white cops. And that hurts me because I don't want to see that written to anyone because we're they're not making anyone look better than. That cop that just know on his name, you can't, you can't sit there and say fuck all white people and kill all white cops and then expect change to happen. And that's, that's what gets me. I mean, that gets me emotional. And I know it shouldn't because I'm not black, but it, it, it doesn't matter to me if I'm black or not. It's my community. It's my people that I, I know. I know people that live down here. You know, so it it uh, it, it, uh, it affects me to see stuff like that and I feel like it's gonna make people worse and I don't want these crazy motherfuckers with machine guns and rifles to be coming out of their house and thinking because they see this, fuck all white people then it's just gonna start a race war. I don't want to live through that time. We had those right. times.
1: I, I don't know. I'm never living through that again. I, I don't want them at all. Never, So
2: that's well, my fear. That's my fear is what it's gonna come to because you have the radical ones that are crazy and you have mm-hmm. the people ones that are trying to make a change so that's that's my that's my f- biggest fear
0: mm-hmm. the thing about it is the narrative that they're writing isn't the narrative that people are feeling like and i'm sure like like i said on the on the news that's what they're showing that's not how most black people feel right i've a seen 100%. personally exactly so yeah. it's it's the the people who they're writing this narrative that we don't even have i don't want white people dead I don't if, you're a, if you're a horrible person you're a horrible person go to jail right. i don't believe in the death penalty i don't believe in, in any of that i don't want to see people die it's it's i know it's a part of life i get it but i don't want to see it i don't want to see white people dead i think everybody needs to be held accountable i think if you're out there if you're out there destroying property, then you don't get a pass from me. I understand it, but you don't get a pass from me. And if, mm-hmm. if I was the person in charge and I found that you were the one destroying property, you would have to pay for it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I understand it. And a, a big part of me agrees with it. But uh, another part of me just, I don't agree with it. Like people need to be held accountable. And, you know, it's unfortunate that people feel like they have to do it. It's unfortunate that people feel like they don't have a choice. But when you're a kid, you're taught all actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. If you stand still, there's still a consequence to you standing still. I, it's matter doesn't change or some, I don't know, whatever. But no matter what you're doing, there's, there's some type of, there's a reaction. That's a better way. For everything you do, there's some type of reaction. Mm-hmm. For every bad thing you do, there's a consequence. <laughs> and karma is, karma is still a bitch. <laughs> so it's, it's like to go around writing white people must die, kill white people, is completely wrong. And that person needs to take a step back and go home because that's not what these protests are about. That's not why people are destroying things. That's not why people are mad. We're not mad at white people. We're not mad at all cops. We're mad at the institution. We're mad at the fact that we feel like we have no choice but to fight back. We're mad at people dying for no reason. We're mad at, you know, white people are doing, white or light-skinned people are doing mass murders and black people are dying for non-aggressive, non, what's the word? Non-violent acts, non-violent acts. You know, black people are dying because they're breathing. And you know, I saw something that was like, I saw a picture to yesterday, I posted it. And a, a cop was talking to a child. And they said, What do you want to be when you grow up? And the picture just said a lie. Like, that's crazy to, to, to think that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, and I, and I, I second that, because I don't agree, I condemn and I'm upset that people would write that, you know, not all white people deserve to die. Not all, I think, I think there's a good and there's an evil in people. And I think people allow some of those things to shine. And we'd be lying if we said that, you know, there aren't people out there that are um, are out to get, people that look like um, me and, and everybody else. But I'm not gonna sit there and say, um, That all white people deserve to die because of the actions of this officer you know and there's a mentality out there that you know there is a notion that all white people uh, are racist and you know i was telling uh, i think i was telling you you earlier um when i lived in massachusetts i lived in the boston area um Mm -hmm. after i graduated high school and my area that I was living in had a predominantly white demographic, you know, and I became really good friends with people that I I call brothers, you know, um, where their kids are always call me Uncle Carlos, where I've been to weddings, I've been to Thanksgivings. And what bothered me was is that I had an individual who said to me um, that if I think, quote, that those white people are your friends, Um, I'm delusional because they don't really like you. They tolerate you, you know? And I said, why would you put that out there in in the, in the world? They said, some of these people that I consider friends and brothers have been better people to me than some people, even in my own family, you know? So no, all white people don't deserve to die. I think people who are cruel and evil deserve to be held accountable. And I think that we have to look at each situation individually. And then we do have to address the larger issues. You know, racism has been a stain in our history to this day. And people need to be held accountable. And people need to value our lives just like anybody else. And it's not just about being held accountable. It's about being being consistent with that accountability. I should not be able to get a different um, like sentence or a different form of punishment than a cop does. If a cop kills someone, they should be held accountable the same exact way that I would be held accountable if I killed someone. And it needs to be consistent. None of this, oh, you know, we're gonna give you a, a sweetheart deal and you're gonna plead no contest and then you'll have to do like counseling and you'll lose your job, but you'll still get your pension. That's not, no, you, if you commit something, you need to be held to the full extent of the law like everybody else. And I'm saddened to hear that people would actually think that it is okay to suggest that killing white people because all white people are evil is wrong, period. I don't. I, I can't say anything else about it, you know?
2: Well, again, the media is showing that, right? So therefore that makes the people that don't care as much think, oh, well, look at all these people down here that don't give a shit about white people. And I don't I don't necessarily think that. I think there's a few bad eggs. Like, there are bad cops. But that's in that's everyone. I mean, when I was in school, we had, uh, like, three or four black girls that constantly caused fight in the cafeteria. And if mm-hmm. the teacher asked them to sit down, their first thing was, you're being racist towards me. And my problem with that was, they're saying someone's being racist because they're asking them to do something that they're asking everyone to do. So then it makes when other people really have a racist issue, look like they're crying wolf. And that's what I do not tolerate is when that would happen, like a teacher would come up to me, hey, I need you to sit down and wait for the bell to ring. Say it to this girl next to me, oh, well, you're being racist. You're telling me to sit down because I'm black. That's not a right form to say that because then you make everyone else look like when they're saying it, it's a cry. Or help or cry wolf when that's not the case because racism does exist and we all know that mm-hmm. so, um that was one thing in high school that drove me nuts you know if if uh a kid got suspended another kid got suspended I think I went out from New Orleans, I think we were all treated pretty equally um uh, where did you go to school
0: in the Bronx Almost oh you were done. in the Bronx yep
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so I, don't know, I, I feel like we're all treated equally, but I know there's many schools that aren't treated equally. Like you said, someone could get detention for something they do, and another person could get suspended. So you're right. Everyone should be held accountable the same way. If a cop murders someone and no just cause or no self-defense, then they, they need to be held accountable and put into jail like any other person. You know mm. so I, I definitely agree with you on that.
1: I will tell you guys this interesting story um in my earlier years when I moved to Massachusetts um there was an incident that happened with one of my roommates uh who who's white where uh, he one day put his hands on his girl uh and my buddy and I we had to intervene and separate the situation um because it was bad and I have this thing about men putting their hands on women that just that's how I was raised. You don't do it. Um, and I told him, if you do it again, it's going to be a problem. And so we were having a get together uh, this one day. And, you know, we were drinking we were having fun. And at that point, his girlfriend, that girl at the time, moved out. But she found out about the party because he was kind of doing his own thing. And she stopped by the house. And, again, it was getting into an escalated situation and i addressed him and i said you need to watch it because i could see it already what he was doing and he ends up sucker punching me in the face so we get into a physical altercation and then my other roommate separated it well the next thing i know i got 12 cops in my house guns drawn and everything um because someone and i don't it wasn't my roommate but someone called and said that I stabbed my roommate right so I got arrested for and these cops were jerks they, they handcuffed my other roommate Ricky threw him against the threw him across the, um, the living room and uh when we were going through the process of you know going through the legal process my roommate literally told the cops there was no stabbing like and then he had a little cut on his pinky and he was like, No one got stabbed. Are you, he's like, Are you kidding me? They pursued this for nine months. I had to get a lawyer and everything because, and then the shock comes that, oh, I had never been arrested before. I never had a record. And they were like, they were vindictive. They kept coming to the house and telling him he needs to testify and all this other nonsense. But eventually it ended up getting dismissed. I, I had to get a lawyer and stuff. But it highlighted another issue about, wow, like, this person is telling you they didn't get, st- they, they weren't stabbed, but you still pursue charges against me for a stabbing that didn't happen. What is that about? And it bothered me, you know? And I'm like, is this really kind of the world we're, we're living in that regardless if the victim is saying nothing happened, that you're going to go out of your way to try to ruin my life? And it did get dismissed because it was not that they had nothing. And it's it's a, a scary world that people could do certain things like that. But then again, you don't really hear anything about the cops in Massachusetts, the state troopers who all were getting caught up in this overtime scandal where they were stealing money from the state. And all they got was a slap on a wrist and was, and was fired and whatever. You know, so... Again, there's this is divide amongst law enforcement. And again, I don't trust cops, generally speaking. I, I, just, I just don't, you know? Um, I think all cops are not bad, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, like, uh, it's like what you said. If you are not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, right? And if you're I sitting back and you're control. seeing something happening, and you're not seeing anything, and you're not doing anything, and there's different treatments for different folks with different strokes, It's 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 scary, man. You know, it's it's really scary, and I and I hate that that happens more often than not.
2: You know, which well, I think it's good they have the body cam. Now, I think every department should have to have them because you don't really know what happens, and you've seen so many videos that are posted with a half-assed story, and it's either in favor of the cop or the the other person. Mm
0: -hmm. Usually, it's the cop.
2: And it was, but usually it is the cop and they Mm -hmm. do to provoke that individual because they think they have the authority. So I feel like it is an issue with the training and they think of their authority of it. Um, and I don't think, like you said, there, there is a lot of good cops, but when I see a cop pull behind me, my heart races and I'm not even, but I'm worried of what's going to happen if I, say something incorrectly, if I do something incorrectly, not because of my skin color, just because if the cops having a rough day, they can take it out on you. And that's the problem. They're human too. So they could have just been at another call where they saw someone die. Mm-hmm. They're emotional and then they take it out on somebody else. And that's not right not for me. them to do. But I think that's a huge issue is they let the job get to them. If you're signing up for that job, you be able to separate and be able to handle each situation individually and understand
0: what's
2: going on. Right.
0: I think if you're a police officer, um, and I, I know it's extra work, but I think it's necessary. If you're not having a good day, you should be behind the desk.
2: Right.
0: I think that
2: good.
0: If, if, if there's a possibility that you may do something that you're going to regret or that's gonna cost the city money because that's what they think about, you should be behind the desk that day it's nothing it's nothing personal you know i'm not saying you're a bad person or whatever but everyone has a bad day uh, if, if i'm having a bad day and you know you swing at me i may as a police officer i may take it the wrong way and i may overreact it's normal yeah. it's human nature it doesn't matter what your skin tone is it doesn't matter how peaceful or whatever you are if you're having a bad day you're having a bad day and yeah. i think that things like that need to be implemented and like I said, I know it's extra work and you're probably gonna have to hire people to do tests or whatever, but I, I think you, to be able to police, you need to have the state of mind to do so. And if you're not able to, to separate your job from your personal feelings, then
1: I, I don't think you need to be you know, in, on the streets. patrol. Sure. I agree with you 100%. Hey, listen, you know, I, you know, in another year, I'm gonna be a nurse. And like I said, I worked in healthcare for 10 years. And, you know, it's a high stress, high risk job where at some points you feel like it's thankless. You know, I've done, been called every name in the book by some of these patients. I've been spat on, I've been bitten, I've been kicked, I've been through a lot of stuff. And I know myself well enough that if there is a situation where I'm going to even potentially get. Lose my composure. I gotta take myself out of the situation. I can't just decide, oh, because I'm angry at what some other patient did, and now I'm pissed off, and now all my patients are gonna be suffering my wrath. You know, we had to do that with this one dude that I worked with because he was uh, being targeted by a patient, and we had to end up calling a a code to kind of get this situation under control, and the patient spat on him. And he literally blocked out and went to go restrain him and had we not stepped in i don't know what would have happened to that patient and we did we we pulled them off and we got them back together but that's what you're supposed to do sometimes you've got to save people from themselves and if you know as a police officer that you're gonna you're in a and we choose these careers that's the other thing too we choose to do what we do you know um, you kind of have an awareness of what the job entails. It's not always going to be just like doing a nine-to-five, you know, handing out a couple of parking tickets and, and be on your way, you know? So, and, and it's it's disgusting. It's sad that, yeah, we are human, but I agree with you. If you know that you get into that point, you may need to take a day for yourself. You brought up another good point, though, that
0: um, if, if you weren't there and the other... Um, the other employees weren't there it could have been a horrible situation so if as a police officer if your partner's not having such a great day maybe he shouldn't leave you know if you notice he has if he's a little bit more aggressive maybe you should be the person just checking things out yeah. because communication say that again brian communication exactly you need to communicate Like if. If you go into a situation expecting something bad to happen, something bad is going to happen. If you go into a situation wanting something bad to happen, something bad is going to happen. And I think that, you know, let's say it's a handful of cops that are bad and then, you know, their partners aren't bad people, but they're not standing up for the civilians. They're not trying to help their partners relax. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like they're just as bad. Is if you, and then to go back to my original point, you know, if if for anyone in any job, if you lose your composure, someone comes to you and says you have to chill, you have to check it, and if you go beyond that, you're fired. You're done. Mm-hmm. I feel like the police don't have that. Um, so they do. Something needs to happen well. where you know. It, partners need to step up and other things need to be put in place so police can police effectively like this the world isn't a safe place like outside of police people are dying people are shooting people people are getting robbed you know people are are on this road rage. it's it's not a, a it's not a friendly place like we need police to do their job the right way and have a clear mind and if you don't have a clear mind it's going to be it's not going to be it is it's a shit show period that's what it is and if you look at many of the situations that are happening if you look at many situations that are happening now you know the cop is doing this and maybe if if he would have not had that altercation, another crime wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have pulled the cop away from uh, someplace where he was patrolling and someone else would have got saved. You know, someone who was being abused or some hurting an animal or some little white boy, black boy, little girl who's being abused, you would have seen it and helped them. But now everybody who's in the area has to go because you want to kill somebody. Now you're pulling decent officers away from things that they really need to be doing. And it's like, people aren't thinking like, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just not computing to me. It never does, it never did. It's just, it's just, why and make something bigger than it needs to be? I think why? it's mental
2: too. Like in America, there's so much mental health issues that I think not sticking out for racist cops whatsoever. I'm saying cops in general. I think some of them are so scared going out every day doing their job because you don't know how that other person is going to be with you because of the bad media that portrays cops, that they don't know. Just as you guys don't know when you get stopped, you don't know what kind of day that cop's having and how he's going to treat you, and they don't Mm -hmm. know how the person is in the car. Because we all know cops deal with a lot of bullshit. They deal with a lot of assholes. They deal with a lot of criminals. Obviously, the three of us, we're not criminals, so we have nothing to worry about. But um, the mental state, I feel, as, as a country, we've all gotten angry. Like, I feel like the road rages, I don't, know, I don't know if you just mentioned that or not, but road rages in general, people at stores, like the amount of confrontation. Um, I don't know if you guys saw February, March. Two people got in a fight over a basketball game and shot each other, and someone died over a basketball game. So the issue with America is everyone's getting so much anger and instead of talking or when I was younger, if I got in a, problem, a fight with my friend, we fought and then it was squashed. Now it's, let's go to the knives or let's go to the guns. And I think that's a huge issue is people want to run to that violent aspect of it. And it creates everybody to be tense, like they're skating on ice. So everyone's going into situations looking, that they might be the one getting harmed, no matter what side you're on, which sucks. That's true. I'm sorry. Right. I, I agree with what you
0: said, but at the same time, I feel like being a being a police officer, right, you're supposed to be taught how to de-escalate situations. You're supposed right. to be taught how to read people and understand like what's going on. Right. right. From from my understanding, from what people have told me. So if you've realized that this person is no longer a threat there's the hostility is gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it doesn't need to be there anymore. So it's it's like I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like with the many with many of the cases that people are actually really angry about, there was no threat. Right.
2: Not with those cases. You're right.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's like, you know, people it's maybe they were having a bad day or or not. Maybe they were having a fine day, and then the cop comes and he's having a bad day, or well, he's just an asshole, and now that person's not here anymore. But it has nothing to do with this person being a threat. You no, know, We had people die who had their hands up. I've never, You can't... If, if someone has a gun drawn on you and your hands are up, there's no way you're going to reach down into any pocket you have and be able to shoot the cop before he shoots you if your hands are up. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's running away from you, he he's running, hands are out here. There's no way he's gonna turn around or pick up a gun that's magically on the floor and shoot back. Like it's not gonna happen. So I feel like the argument is valid, but it's not valid, if that makes sense. Like it's it's valid to most to most cases.
2: It is. I wish we could clear it whereas like I feel like some people won't admit this, but there is a constant issue. Like right now there's two people right now punching cops in the face and there's two black people pushing them away from the cops to try to deescalate the situation. So Mm -hmm. there's more people around or partners. I feel like it would, it would help. Um, But I I just don't know. I mean, I feel like it's all, do do you guys feel if there was, this might be hard, but do you feel if there was a, you know, an African-American cop and a white cop or a Mexican cop and a white cop together. As partners, that it would help the situation of being able to control each other or no?
1: No, because I think, I, I, as much as I think, I think cops, in my opinion, and I know like it's not a realistic world, um, I think police officers should overwhelmingly represent the communities that they are policing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that there has to be a buildup of trust where I think that you shouldn't feel scared if a cop is, if you're in the presence of a cop, you know? Um, But that's the problem, it's like, I don't feel that there's enough policing community, police in the community to build that trust back up. And, you know, communities that have been oppressed and have seen disproportionate treatments amongst themselves versus others, they're not gonna be, willing or even making the initial attempt to extend the olive branch because they're like, listen, y'all have put us in this position and y'all have been doing this stuff to us for generations and generations. If it wasn't dogs, it was hoes. If it wasn't hoses, now, you know, I've heard people say in this time around, the way police are policing is almost like modern day lynching. And, you know, Uh I I don't think that pairing people, whatever, because at the end of the day, The general broad aspect is going to be like, you're a cop. And people will always find ways of twisting things like, oh, you're only his partner because of whatever, like, but you're a cop all cops or whatever. It's the same thing like what these people saying about white people, all white people suck and they all should die, which we all know is not the case. So if you don't change the mentality about what people perceive cops to be like, and you don't have a consistent form of accountability, and you don't have a relationship with folks in the community, you are going to see all this happen again and again and again. And police cannot effectively police if the people that they're sworn to protect and serve don't trust them. You know, I, if, you, if, you have a, if you have bad experiences where you feel like you've, you know, just come into contact with so many terrible situations with police officers, there is no, it's very hard to convince them that police officers are good even though we as objective people can say, oh, we know there are some good cops out there that are doing good work. But I think it has to be community community relations. And I think that you can do that by having a narrative and having a sit down. I think they did that one year in Baltimore where community leaders were actually meeting with cops and they were putting, I think, forth an agenda where it was like old school policing, where there was a presence of police like you you know these officers knew the people in the community, and the people knew that, you know, and it seemed to kind of have been effective, but that goes out the window when something like this happens, you know so it's it's scary man it's um I don't think there's one simple formula to this I think a lot of things have to be put into place before we see effective change, and part of that change is going to have to be people having a willingness to stay on top of these things and to do um you know, and to do what is right, and sometimes it's doing what's right is is, is hard. You know, um, it ju- it just is. So
2: I th- I think it's a big part of uh, right now. It's white cops afraid that they're every time this happens. I feel like it's white cops feeling that they're going to get killed by blacks, and then it's blacks feeling like they're going to get killed by white cops. So I just I don't know how to fix. I mean, that has been a, a staple for so long. I don't know how to fix it because you both know after things like this happen, there are some black people that make it their goal to kill white cops. I, I forget the mm-hmm. one uh years ago. I can't remember who had, who had died, but this one guy had just called a cop for like a traffic accident and just went up to his car and shot him in the face. So there's there's fear on both sides, which... You know, you guys should be more feared because you're the ones that don't always have weapons and you're not paid to protect and serve in patrol. So I see where that fear is from. But I also see, you know, now that this happened because of that one asshole cop that murdered that guy, all these cops in Philadelphia right now are fearing, hey, am I going to be next? And am I going to kill somebody because I'm frightened in a sense of I'm scared? that they're going to come after me. I mean, I don't know. I saw a group of 10 people beating up a cop, um, around four o'clock. Um, he tasered some guy that hit him in the head with a bat and, uh, 10 people all jumped on that cop and started kicking him and then other Mm -hmm. cops get involved. But it's like, that's how bad the situation is. That 10 people jumped on one cop tasering someone that hit him in the head with a bat. So there's fear on both sides. And I don't know how you change that after so long. You know, if they're afraid for their life because of another cop and then everyone's afraid of them because of that, of George Floyd, how do you change, how do you change that? How do you put that in the minds? And like, I I don't know how you change it.
0: I feel like, um, to go with all your points, you, it doesn't matter what race you put by what race, if the partner isn't going to step up and say, this isn't right it doesn't matter what race they are. Uh If you had two white people, right, and two white cops, and one was trying to arrest someone who had no business being arrested, and the other cop is like, wait, let's wait, you know, just let's take a minute, step back, let's figure out what's going on, everyone's outlook would be different, right? It wouldn't be cops are bad. It would literally be select cops are bad, but whenever one cop does something, every cop in the area has to jump in and overreact everybody you see every cop is overreacting every single one it doesn't take five guys to keep one woman down it doesn't take five guys to keep one man down uh-huh. unless them, this man is superman or some superhero it, it doesn't so to have you know, two guys pinning a a guy down until other cops get there, and then all the other cops come in super aggressive with batons out and tasers out. That doesn't help any narrative. It's They need to do better for themselves. They need to make the change. It doesn't matter who you place with who. They need to say, like, this is too much.
2: Didn't that happen with this guy, bigger guy that was choked um, last year the year before? Uh,
0: Eric Garner, Eric Garner in New York.
2: Isn't that what happened? Wasn't there two people on him and then a bunch of people came and- Yeah, that's
0: exactly what happened.
2: But if you watch any of the other videos, it's the same thing.
0: It's, you know, one or two cops wrestling with a guy and nine times out of 10, if you watch the video, there's no, he's not fighting. He's not resisting. There's no resistance. It's like, he's down, he's face down. His hands are behind his back. He's not doing anything. But then, you know, cops are coming. They're kicking these people. They're, they're punching them. They're doing all this unnecessaryness When all unnecessary, when all you have to do is go there, he's detained. He's not giving you any pushback. Put him in handcuffs and put him in the car. That's it. We don't have to have 20 guys jump on one person. There's nothing he can do. He's on the ground already. His hands are behind his back. He's not resisting. So. Then they need to change that first. Before we even talk about who needs to be paired up with who, before we need to talk about who's in what community, they need to change how they handle situations. Because if if you have the right people in in the wrong neighborhoods, or if you have good people in the neighborhoods that they come from, but other people are there escalating situations and no one's there trying to de-escalate, it's going to be the same shit. It'll always be the same thing until you change exactly how it's done
2: well you know sure. what i found out that apparently i don't know if this is 100 true my cousin to start as an officer she's in kensington area they start mm-hmm. the new recruits in bad areas which i feel doesn't make any sense to me i understand these other cops have been there for a long time so they, you'd put them in nicer areas but to start people that are new that don't have the experience in a bad area that is going to be constant confrontation that's kind of questionable to me why you put two new recruits you know why wouldn't you have a veteran officer and a new recruit together you know to figure out how to de-escalate a situation or like you said try to solve the problem versus trying to escalate it more so i, I think, think that's not right but
1: yeah and i agree with you and i and i think It is a training issue or I think it's a mentality issue. I mean, I understand the fears that people have, but let me tell you something. You will be surprised how creative you'll get when you don't have weapons at your side. Again, I was restraining men that were my size. I was restraining men that were bigger than me. And again, I didn't have the luxury of having security. So you try to have that, you try to build that rapport with people where you can try to calm down a situation as best as you can. Sometimes so, sometimes the situation is too escalated to be like, all right, but then you don't go to resulting in lethal force. And if that's how you train, then we got to change that training. If you have a taser, you have mace, and you have all these other non-lethal interventions, why is your first reaction going to be, I'm going to shoot now, shoot later, and then, oh, crap, like, you know, We'll, we'll go through the storm, but I, I, I feared for my life. You, you, you can't tell me that someone is a threat running away. You can't tell me someone is a threat going like this. Okay, right. and if you're that scared, then you need not to be an officer because you can have fear. There's plenty of times I was scared to go to work. We've had riots in my in my hospital. We've had times where, you know, I'm restraining two or three people at a time, you know, and it was utter shit show. And the point is, is that you get a handle of the situation, you get yourself in check. And I did it without ever putting a hand on people in a sense, like, I got so mad that I wanted to punch someone out. No. I got so mad that I wanted to strangle someone. No. And when you know that if you do something like that, because I knew that the patients had more rights than we did as staff, that's fine. But if you know that the consequences of your behaviors are gonna be imminent and is gonna be dinner, like whatever, you you tend to have a different mentality in, in many situations. And you put your personal, you put you, you don't make it personal. I feel some people make this personal, mm-hmm. it's a job. And at the end of the day, your job is to make sure that not only the individuals who you are interacting with get home or get to their destination safe that you get to your position and your destination safe and if you're going to start strangling people and stuff it's surprising that there's not a more outrage in those moments um when you see an eric gardner having that happen you know it sucks but it ha- like accountability and training has to go into into effect you know my grandfather has said yeah like we very much afo- avoided trying to sh- discharge or you know shoot anyone because not only for the paperwork but it just it just it's not how they were trained
2: yeah and, why if you, do that?
1: and if you're gonna shoot someone you're not shooting them with the intention of killing them you're shooting them so that you can subdue them so you can create a safe situation you know so it's it's
2: and they're not trained that way which is the problem they're trained shoot to kill to eliminate a threat and if it's not a threat though I don't understand or if they feel threatened, you know, if they don't have a weapon, why can't you shoot their foot or their leg? Or, you know, it always has to be shoot to kill and shoot 13 times. I, I don't understand why right. that's even necessary. I, you were saying, you know, obviously there's no need to use force or weapons when they pull, you know, they draw them and stuff like that, obviously, unless they right. feel threatened. but. Right. That issue with that lady in the park, she, calls, she called and said, this guy's threatening me. I think a lot of issue is when people call in things is that cops going to a scene have to expect the worst or whatever they're being told. And I think that's a main problem with white America is that a lot of them escalate a situation on the phone versus what it really is, which makes the cops think, you know, there's a man terrorizing this woman in the park right now. So we need to go and, and help her instead of asking the question of what really happened, what did you do to him or what did you, like, there's no, it's always let's attack first and ask questions later versus getting to the bottom of it. And that's a big issue.
0: Right. You know, I think, it. I think that's, it's, um it's even bigger than just with phone calls. Like if cops roll up on someone and you know, it, it is what it is. They they're just going to, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, like i I agree with you hundred percent, but it, I think it goes beyond just the phone calls, you know what I'm saying like like with this situation um with um Mr. Floyd, he was killed over a bad check. that's not a violent action, there's nothing violent about writing a bad check you know and and the check wasn't even bad, but there's there's not you know there's nothing wrong with that I mean.
2: Did well, they ever answer why he was on the floor in the first place? Did that ever come up? Because I, I didn't really follow it because I was kind of pissed off. But, did I mean, from the video, it looks like he didn't resist. So I don't understand why he ended up on the floor in the first place.
0: Hey, my assumption is they put him there. I, I, the, so the main video came out with him on the floor. Then another video was released. Um, do you guys hear the audio on my background?
2: A little bit, a little bit.
0: Okay, turn it down just a smidge. I don't want to come out. So in the first video, um, I didn't watch the first one. I should have, but I didn't. But they were showing that he wasn't resisting at all. Like he was complying. And once again, I didn't see it, but from what the comments said, he was complying. You know, he wasn't aggressive. Um, there was no need for the actions that,
1: that was taken. And, and you know, to your point, even if he was resisting, which he wasn't, mm-hmm. there's no justification for putting a knee in a man's neck for eight right. minutes, even if they are resisting. You know, that could have been a situation where you get him out of control, and then afterwards you, you know, if he starts doing whatever, You feel like you need to use some other type of non-lethal force to get him under control. That's fine. You have pepper spray, you have tasers, you have all these things. And my whole thing would have been, you know what, get him in the car and get him to the police station, you know?
2: Which that Um, needs to be asked in a training video. Why wasn't he put in the car? Why was he put on the ground and why your knee was on his neck for eight mm -hmm. minutes? Like, you know, like those are the questions that need to be asked in Response to training. Why did this happen? Why did you do this? But for him, you don't have to ask. He had 18 other accounts, from what I heard, of bad issues. He's an asshole. He shouldn't even be a cop, in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah. but you're exactly right.
1: And this, this, I mean, it reminds me of the story that happened with the Dallas cop that killed the man in his own apartment because she thought he broke into hers. You remember that story? Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, say man. that again.
2: He broke. He thought who broke into
1: he, his- he was, was sitting a- in his house. Yeah. Oh. And he, was, and he was. He was in his own home, his own apartment. Oh, she and- went to the wrong one. And, and and she thought and- that he broke into her apartment, and she
2: killed him. How? How did? How did? Was she drunk? No clue. How do you miss your that? <laughs> wow, that's insane.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's all these other incidences and it's just kind of like, you know, like I know for a fact, like for instance in Connecticut, as a citizen or whatever, if you, if you have a pistol permit, um, they have this thing called the castle, they have something called the um, castle law, where basically like, if, if your house or your car or whatever, which is considered your castle, you have a right to defend yourself um, and not have to ask questions. So, like, if someone breaks into my house, like, I can kill them. Like, if I have a gun, if I have legally have a gun because of the Castle Law, Um, and I understand that. Like, you, you, in certain circumstances, there's really no room to ask questions. You kind of have to make a decision, and I and I get all that. But when you have your knee in someone's neck for eight minutes, how do you justify that? And I think that's the biggest question too. Is like, why did it take even that long? To get this cop arrested. You know, um That's true. That's a good point. Because I know for a fact that if I put my knee in any of your necks for eight minutes and then killed you, I was gonna get arrested on the spot that very day. You know, so there's no there's no justification for it. There's a lack of urgency at some points to do better training and accountability. And unfortunately we see the result of What happens when lawlessness is met with lawlessness? You have a dead man, four cops that were fired for inaction, and at least one that's charged with murder. But is that enough? Are people going to be satisfied with the outcome of the verdict when he goes to court? Is the court case going to come any faster? Are we going to have any more issues going on in between that time? Are we going to remember? You know, so I just this is a very very interesting time and i and i hope justice is served and i i hope people could start to heal but in the meantime it's just like this is what we got to deal with you know and unfortunately like one person's action in this situation is calling is causing chaos in an entire nation because of one person and what they did
2: sad sad i want to jump in and say i did talk to my friend who's a paralegal and she said that It is the fastest they've ever done for a cop, but she said apparently because a cop, how they're sworn in and protect and serve that apparently before charging a officer of the law or government official, you have to make sure you get every single piece because if you don't, it could then be admissible, which obviously in this case, it should have been like you said, right from the get go. But apparently they had to get body cam footage from all four officers, witness accounts witness video cameras video from the stores Um, so apparently they got everything verified it went over with a judge made sure the account stuck decided which type of murder so like i i think that's why um but she said that she thought it should be done faster and she's black and she's been an upward i think you actually debated with her a little bit jamal on facebook um she is like over the top about everything, but she understands, I guess why it took a little bit longer, but she, she did bring up a valid point with a a regular citizen. It would have been done on the spot, but because they are a cop and they are protecting serve and under oath and everything, they have to make it stick differently or else it it might not go through because of them working as a government official or something. Well, it's interesting because I agree with it, but you know,
1: it's interesting because there are some cases, like the one case that came to mind, I don't know if you remember the cop that was accused, it was like a big Dateline story too, that was accused of abusing his position and was like raping women and all this other jazz. Yeah. You remember that story? Which time, bro? That's not like one time. It's it was the yeah, most, this it was
2: the big one. This is like a,
1: this was more recent. Um, I, okay. I forget his name. and. He got brought in when this last accusation came in, which, you know, there was a history about it. They had an investigator, they talked to him for hours, and then afterwards, like, they advised him that, you know, they advised him of his rights and he was arrested. And then now he's serving over 200 and something years in prison, and keep in mind, they didn't have any video, they didn't have any body cams, they didn't have any of that stuff, and mm-hmm. they acted quickly. And you're talking about this is a man who, is being, who was accused of doing something over a long period of time with vulnerable women in the community, and they thought enough to say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take this now. We gotta get this person off the street ASAP and go through the process." And unfortunately, whether you believe he was guilty or not, he was found guilty and sentenced to got charged over thirty something counts in two hundred and something years. You know, so did they can't wait ha-
2: for the last time for DNA? Do you know, or was I'm, it? I'm sorry, did they wait? Um, until the last time for DNA, did you know, or was it like they had to wait for a certain? Because he should have been fired or administrative leave the first.
1: Well, time. what I what I remember happening when I watched the interview was um, he got brought in. Um, I think that day he was stolen a job, he was stolen uniform. Um, they they interviewed him. I'll send you guys the um, the interview uh, via YouTube when I'm done. But, um, you know, they interviewed him and then afterwards, like they, I think, uh, asked him about getting his clothes and stuff like that or whatever. And then I think he was inevitably charged. Um, I forget how close to the timeline, but it was very quick. Mm -hmm. Um, so it can't happen if you want to, but, you know, and I understand there's a process in place, but I mean, how many people in the middle of the street get murdered? and you have a murder suspect and, they, and they're in handcuffs. Again, right. it's like a different standard among certain people. And I'm not saying this is every person, every cop, but if you want to do something fast, you do it fast and, and right. quickly, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can build your case around it later, but this was clear cut. Like, oh my God, he did what he did. Uh-huh. And it didn't take him long once the outrage was loud enough to fire these cops and to charge him, but still. What if people weren't as outraged? you know what if we didn't have video what if we didn't have um audio or anything like that
2: i'm wondering if they charged them all earlier if these riots wouldn't have happened but you don't know they might have still happened because the death so i'm um, i wonder if you know I, I think, think that
0: gonna... I, before sorry. you grew up but it was um i don't think it had a lot to do with the riots uh the, the riot part actually happened a little bit later. And I believe it happened like maybe right before he was arrested, I want to say. So it was just like the outrage that started to spark the protest that started to spark. And for, for me, I personally, I, knew, I figured he was going to be arrested. You know, if he was acquitted or not, that's a different story. I figured it was going to happen. I'm more concerned with, what laws are going to be put in place to make sure this doesn't happen again? Because what happened is extremely unfortunate. And like no one deserves to die. You know, no parent should bury their child. No one needs to bury their loved one or for, you know, violence. So how, is, how are we going to make those changes? And the mayor, I think it was the mayor or the governor, I don't remember, I have to look, but someone yeah. jumped in immediately. The mayor jumped in immediately and said, why isn't he arrested? He needs to be arrested right now. And they started making changes so that if you're a, if you're caught doing something you shouldn't be doing, you'll be fired and you will not be able to transfer to another precinct, which didn't happen before. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to see, right? That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see them making those changes because arresting one person doesn't it doesn't send the message. It doesn't send the message that. You need to stop. You arrested one person. Everyone else still got off scot-free. The next person will probably get off scot-free. But now there's so many, they're putting repercussions in place. Like, if you're going to do this, you're going to jail. You're going to be fired. You're not going to be able to get a job. You'll be blacklisted. Your whole team will be fired. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to do that. That needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate that someone had to die, that another person had to die before they put this in place.
2: They um, need bigger consequences for their actions.
0: Yeah. They need, and in in, once again, my opinion, you, police are supposed to represent a force that's like supposed to be held at high standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they need to hold themselves at high standard. If they make a mistake, they need to pay for it. Like if if you're not cut out to be a cop, then don't be one. Like, if you're gonna go around hurting people, then you don't deserve to be a police officer. Like right. you're here to protect everyone, not black people, not white people, not Asians. You're here to protect everybody. So if you're not gonna protect everybody, then please just step down. You know, I'll have more respect for you. If you tell me that you're racist, I'll have and if you tell me you're racist and you step down, I'll have the utmost respect for you. I'm just being completely honest. You're entitled to believe whatever it is that you like. But if you're telling me you're not going to push on anyone, you're not going to hurt anybody, you just don't want to business with them, respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, so much respect. But if you're going to go around hurting people and all that, then you need to be held accountable. And I'm happy that if someone's finally doing that.
2: And yeah. Carlos, I wanted to mention for your point earlier, I totally lost my train of thought. But you had mentioned the Me Too movement. This probably is for yes. another time. But the way you guys are are scared—not just you, people in general—are scared of the police. I think the Me Too movement has scared men in terms of women can take something and twist it to an unknown reason and not have to be held accountable. I know this is totally different, but I'm just saying, comparison wise, is like. It's scary today to be a black male and it's scary today to be a man in regards to women because a woman could say that you raped her, even though it was consensual, but you will be targeted as being guilty before you're even found guilty because right. they look at it as with this whole Me Too movement and all the mm-hmm. celebrities joining in like, uh, you know, Meryl Streep, Oprah, Jennifer Lopez, Whoopi Goldberg, all of them created it. So- Looking at that Me Too movement, like Chris was saying, it was started majority by white people, I assume, is what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a lot of black people in position of power and white people, and Jennifer Lopez, huge star, but so much influence. If they can do that and make stepping stones for women to be treated more equally, and like you were saying, all these big shots got fired and lost their jobs, these celebrities can do this. For minorities and you know immigrants and African Americans, it, it can be done if they mm-hmm. can use their platform and their celebrity status to get it to where women's voices are being heard. It can go across the board because right <laughs> now women are at such a stance that they can accuse a male of doing something he didn't do, and they could ruin that male's career. They could ruin him even though he didn't do it. You this know, it's been
0: happening for years.
2: I, I, as, as soon as someone says it. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of women that are truthful, but some of them, if they accuse someone of rape and the guy didn't rape them, that woman, sh- in my opinion, should be charged or go to jail. If you ruin someone's life and send them to jail for rape that they didn't do, I mean, that's just, that's just a horrible thing to do. So I think men in general are at, at fear right now because there's so many different things as regards to that. That we could be accused of when we did nothing wrong, just you know I, your point because you were bringing up the meeting, so I,
1: I agree with you one hundred percent and maybe that could be a topic for tomorrow um, but what I will say is that I agree with you that the movement the movement had unintentional consequences, you know, and there is a fear I mean there's so many things that i I'm, I'm just fearful of at this point mm-hmm. because you know i I remember there was a period of time when I was at, I was at work. I was working at this um, hospital in Boston, right? And one of the directors who was kind of young decided that she was going to essentially try to use me as a pawn in a way for doing her, her work. Now, my, goal, my role was a patient advocate, but I always helped out. Like I did, you know, group work and things like that with the patients. But it was becoming my job, and I didn't like it. And she was the type of person that I just, I felt that she was very vindictive in a sense. And so I wanted to address this concern with her about the scheduling thing, because she would just change the schedule up, change the schedule up, and no regard of what I was doing. So I did what I thought was appropriate, which was I had a mediator, which was my our, our boss. Not because I was trying to get her in trouble or anything, I felt more comfortable having a conversation in front of someone else so this way she wouldn't try to be vindictive with me and right. she was so outraged that I did this that she went into um her subordinate's office and was ranting I can't believe Carlos did that and you know he tried to throw me under the bus and you know I could have gone to HR about all the times he was flirting with me I was like When I found this out, I was livid. So I said, so you're going to accuse me now after whatever, because you didn't like the way I addressed the meeting, which actually went fine, that I was flirting with you and doing all this other stuff because you're upset. And I said, keep in mind, this is the same girl who just goes into my office, closes the door, sits down while I'm on the phone, when I'm doing stuff. And it made me very uncomfortable. The movement itself Rallied people in a nonviolent way, but I think it does have unintentional consequences. Mm. And I think that's the thing about any type of movement: we go from one extreme to another. I mean, we've seen it throughout our history. We don't we we don't really find a middle ground until later on. So we went from an extreme where women have been subject sub, subject to discrimination, unpaid uh, wages. Uh, they have been victims of sexual assault that either go on and report it or they're victimized even more, that they do report it. It was always like, never believe the women. And now because there was a demand and a movement that brought everyone to the attention and actually like maybe their intention was to instill fear in men, now men don't even wanna give compliments. Right. Because you, you're afraid that you get a call. And even if, even if you're not guilty of something, I always say in the court of public opinion, there's always going to be that eyebrow. There's always going to be that question mark about you. And there's always going to be a way that now you have to be even more careful because once that's out there, someone else comes out and said you did something, you're screwed, you know? And unfortunately, it's went from believing nobody, don't believe the victim, to everything the victim says is true, you know? And it's the same thing like with these things. It's like, be peaceful and then you still get nothing what you want, and the same issues keep going on. Be unruly, somewhere we gotta find in the middle, you know what I mean? And I think the change has to happen first before, the, before we have an even larger conversation, you know? But,
2: yeah, I mean, I feel like if it can happen with them, it can happen with this, because, you know, back then, women couldn't vote. Black men couldn't vote, other, other mi- minorities couldn't vote. And, We've come such a long way, I hate for us to be set back. And if Obama was our president and he was black and that didn't change things, I don't know what will. I mean, that was a historical moment. Like I was so excited when I saw, we have the first black president, Barack Obama, who I thought did an amazing job and spoke very well and unified the country. And now we have the total opposite who doesn't unify us at all. So, I mean, the white man started with Native Americans started slavery with african americans then luckily president uh lincoln abolished slavery you know which which was a great thing so we have come a long way but this nation was built on by white people so that you're right they always do have the privilege and the advantage because they they took it away from the native americans and and uh that's that's what they've always done the nation was brought up philadelphia started with all these white men in wigs, you know, making decisions. And they never cared about the slaves and the other people. And I think that was a horrible thing to happen. but we've come so far, we have to move past that and figure out, like you said, there has to be a common ground where you can go in between and not go to one extreme or the other, between Mm -hmm. minorities, whatever. Everyone should be able to live and coexist with equal rights. And, And, you know, in my world, anyway
1: and you know it's interesting you know we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world and there's a lot of countries right now that look a little bit more civilized and have their stuff together than we do mm-hmm. you know um, yeah we're, we're we're actually not number one in anything
0: but uh what is it homicide murder i think we're I in like really the top 10 or something to remember, like that.
2: We're number one in homicide
0: no nah, we're not number one but we're yeah. in like the top 10 of course, um, we're. you know, for, for academics, we're in the middle of the pack. You know, reading, math, you name it, we're in the middle. For employment, we're in the middle where it's just not that it's, it's where we live, it's home, but that doesn't make
1: it the greatest place on earth. It's not. I mean, I'm sorry to continue your point. It's not. I mean, I love, I'm proud of being American. I think that yes. there are other places who, other people in other countries that do have it worse. But my whole point is that there was a point in time where we were viewed as being a beacon of hope and, you know, being like the leader of the free world, so to speak. And now we're in a situation where how can people turn to America? You know, again, it's like I got friends across across um, in Europe that are like, what the hell is going on with your country? And, you know, we look like we look like savages we look like we're not civilized. We look like we're like almost a third world country. And I understand anger and frustrations and stuff, but at the same time, it's like we, we have to do a better job. And somewhere in the middle is always gonna be the answer. You know, it's the same thing like when black people weren't given equal opportunities for jobs, right? And then they made it a mandate that, you know, affirmative action you have, or whatever the case is, that you have to hire Minorities, but then that had unintended consequences because now people who were white felt that they were losing out on jobs because um, they were giv they were just giving it away to black people, you know. So there was a division there. So somewhere in the middle, it's like you got to consider, you know, hiring people who who are um, who are qualified. I mean, if we hear this conversation in the NFL. I know you're not a big uh, sports guy, but you know, out of 32 teams, um, there are only six people of color who hold posi- either a general manager's position or a head coach's position. Six. Coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. It's not a and lot co- at all. Huh? Mm-hmm. Which is not a That's lot. of a lot. Thirty-two teams in you area got what is it? Five head, four head coaches that are black, and and two general managers that are black. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like there's so many things that need to change, but. They're talking about, oh, we should give an incentive to the NFL teams so that they that they can get better draft picks if they hire um, black people in positions of whatever. You think that's going to go over well? Somewhere in the middle, it's got to be – got to hire people who are qualified, and we have to look at all people and candidates. Same thing like with this issue. We have to get past this outrage, and then we have to figure out a, a decent plan to – make sure that we're safe and our country is safe and our people are safe so that when we do get in the car, you don't have to worry about being white and targeted for, you know, for death because you're white. And me, and me and this guy over here, we don't have to worry okay. about being targeted because we're black, you know? Right. We want to be able to be mm-hmm. living in a world which you know, is peaceful, it's never gonna be perfect, but we're, I, I really feel we're better than this. I really do. Do and you guys
2: I, feel that each state is different, and maybe not as worse as another, because I felt like what was going on in Philly today was obviously because of George Floyd. But I feel with a new African American woman, the first woman to ever be a police commissioner in Philadelphia, I think the first African American uh, woman, I think she hasn't been in there long enough to turn things around, and maybe help the force. So I felt like, our cops, the city of brotherly love, the civilians of the city of brotherly love were affected today negatively for something that they didn't do. And that's why I'm so hard against the riots is I get why they're started. I get the reasoning behind it, but I felt like today was an injustice to our city because someone new is in there trying to change and help things. And she said that from day one, I wanted, she said, I want to unify the community, and my police officers. And this makes them probably not want to do that because they're out here right now fighting people, throwing fires, and throwing things at them. So I just, I feel for her as the commissioner. She's the first African-American female trying to turn things around, and this is the first big thing she has to deal with. So do you think it's different between states and cities, or do you think it's across the board negative?
0: I think it's across the board negative, but it's different across cities. Um, and it's also different across um, different issues. And my comment would be towards when, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like, you know, the the big joke between everyone who was um, like a fan of the Eagles or not a fan or whatever the case was. You know, they said either you're going to have happy Eagles fans rioting or you're going to have upset – you're going to have happy drunk Eagles fans rioting or upset drunk Eagles fans rioting, no mm-hmm. matter if they win or lose. So I don't know if Philly is a good use case because, you. It, to me, it seems like you give them any reason and they're ready to flip a shit. Right. right? That's just what it is. Whether they're happy or not, they're going to destroy the city. Mm-hmm. So that, that's another – I'm sorry, said setting Brian?
2: I said which is just it's crazy to celebrate by destroying things but I mean right. So and and
0: like where was everyone's outrage when Eagles fans were breaking light posts and <laughs> going crazy in Philadelphia when you well, know everyone had jobs then
1: why is why weren't I, they uh, mad then?
0: Was outrage?
1: Well, I I'm outraged because I'm a Giants fan and I I dislike the Eagles uh, 100%. That being said, <laughs> that, that I'm a Patriots
0: fan. So imagine how I felt.
1: Oh jeez. <laughs> Poor you. Um, but I was I was upset because I was like, what do you like, what is what is this gonna do? You know, it's the same thing like yeah. when when Vancouver fans destroyed their city like because they lost the Stanley Cup, you know. So it's like I still think that. And I agree with where you're going with this because there's a difference between being outraged and destroying a city over a sports venue. There's a difference between being outraged and destroying a city because of the death of a man. I still think it accomplishes not much. I mean, at the very least, in the short term, yeah, it does bring some sort of justice and it does bring some sort of awareness and some action. But what's the long-term? What's the long-term effect, you know? Um, And I think we can do better This is going to pass, obviously, but I think we're going to do better later on. And I think, again, um, maybe perhaps if this man was arrested immediately, there would have been less outrage. Who knows? Um, But I don't know. I just – got to do something different.
2: Like you said, it makes everyone look like savages, whether they're white, black, no matter what their color is, it makes them look like savages.
0: You know, yeah, everyone like, was just looking for a reason to, to go off.
2: Well, I think the pandemic isn't helping people. Everyone's stuck in their house. You think there wasn't at least 40% of the people just wanted to go out and be violent and be crazy because they're pissed that the mayor and the governor is making them stay inside? I mean, that was probably at least 40% of people. I mean, I mean they, they started the riots because when I looked at 1 o'clock, on Facebook live, someone went live. It was peaceful. They were, they were walking. Then there was kneeling for eight minutes and it was peaceful. And then I got home. I went, went to my cousin's house, came home at three thirty. fires, riots. So I definitely think there was people that don't live in the city that came to the city just to destroy things and people that don't care about the movement to destroy things. And um, the people that are mad about being stuck at home. So I definitely no. don't think it was only for the cause of George Floyd. And that is what bothers me is that's it's other reasons. And that's frustrating. Yeah. I
0: dude. think if you assume that the only reason why people are protesting is because of George Floyd, then you're you're sadly mistaken. I no, think your point is spot on. In
2: general, the general death. No, no, spot no. Is, but. Right. No, no, no.
0: Meaning, meaning if you if you believe that people are only out protesting because of death by police, you're sadly mistaken. There are people out there causing havoc for the sake of causing havoc. There oh, are well, people well. who have just been cooped up for too long and they want to get out there and throw a fit. So I do believe if Corona wasn't a factor, there wouldn't have been as many riots. That's my personal belief. I can't prove that. And, you know, it is what it is. But I think it was we've been locked inside for 2 months almost 3 it's been right we've been locked inside for almost 3 months like people are going crazy like it actually hit me like 2 weeks ago that i've been inside well i mean i've been outside but i've been like the longest i've been outside in the last 3 months was maybe an hour
2: mm-hmm.
0: maybe so people are getting they're going stir crazy they have nothing to do they have no job and you know, it's it's I don't know if it's injustice or they're mad because they're stuck inside and they feel like that's injustice. But there's it, 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 people just needed a reason to, to throw a fit. And I think that's what it was.
2: I think how many people are uh, having relationship problems or hate being home mm-hmm. with their kids and they wanted to take their frustration out. I mean, so many I, I know a couple friends that either are taking breaks from each other or or maybe might get divorced or break up because living at home with someone for three months, you know, is taken a toll mm-hmm. on a lot of people. So yeah. I mean, it gets, I, I, get it. I get it.
1: It gets tiring after a while, especially for people who are so accustomed to being out and about and are extroverts. You know, I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to have a good time and, you know, around this time I would have been at the beach or around this time I would have been at the bar and I'm finding myself like, okay, do I play video games? Do I watch Netflix or do I just sleep? you know and you know that's why i was saying like some of the concern is when you get people who stir crazy you know they start getting they start doing things their mind starts going places you know you start drinking and doing stuff that you you know ordinarily wouldn't do as much you do take out your frustrations on your significant other and then at the end of the day it's like when you have an opportunity to say well screw this i'm leaving this is the result i mean I'm watching,
0: I'm watching split screens,
1: split screens right now. Of uh, one place is a Starbucks, and another one is, uh, you know, what is it? This is Los Angeles, and you know, and is it another place? And now I got a friend, um, a old classmate of, uh, of us, of ours, who lives in Los Angeles, and she's like, she hasn't really left the house in, in months or whatever the case is. But now they got the National Guard coming into Los Angeles, you know. So she's just like, oh, I hope uh, I'm probably not going to be able to leave anytime soon. Oh, and by the way, people who are rioting, just remember that, like, we're still in the pandemic. So when everyone gets sick again and we still have to close things down, mm-hmm. we yep. accomplish nothing. <laughs> yep. Right. This is it's literally
0: like, it's literally, it's like two steps forward for social justice. But like, how many steps back because of this pandemic? Like the hospitals are gonna get hit hard if mm-hmm. they haven't started already. And it's not even just from the pandemic, it's people being injured. The one girl got shot in the face with a rubber round and her eyes started turning green, like green pus was coming out of her eyes. Jesus Christ. Like people it's 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 crazy.
2: And I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for the shit to be over. I wanna get back to my yeah. life. I'm tired of Same. seeing it. On my own. You know, and I think everyone wants to. So no one wants us – no one wants to be doing this for another three months. It's summer coming up. People want to be able to enjoy their life, see their family, see their friends. I mean, you know, life's too short for this bullshit. Mm, true. You know, so. yeah, yeah. We're
0: going to be inside for the summer. Just be aware I that you're going to be inside for the
2: summer. Right. <laughs> yeah, How is it near be... you, Carla? Huh? How is it near you compared – I don't know if you've been watching Philly. Like, I know – I'm in Philly, Jamal, you're in Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. How is is it where you are? Um,
1: The only thing that I knew was that there was, um, they had a call on all this police because the people were, um, ended up like breaking into the police station and you know, doing that stuff. Um, I haven't heard any other real notifications about um, my area in Connecticut, but I'm sure it's, you know, (laughs) I'm sure it's the nights early, you know what I mean? Yeah, true.
2: What about you? I I haven't heard anything because I like I really thought shy. Camden was peaceful. Like I saw they were protesting in Camden, Camden, and it was peaceful from what I saw. So I mean,
0: right. And I saw that I saw uh, that as well, but I haven't seen anything since. And since we've been on, I haven't been monitoring the protests, which is yeah. unfortunate. But I I will monitor if my wife doesn't make me go to sleep right (laughs)
1: yep Yep. all right guys well this was this was great
0: Mm -hmm. what can we do to raise awareness like what is what is the minimum that we can do as young men to raise awareness of the
1: issues that are at hand that we're discussing um I think it's I think it starts by talking about these issues and really like not just throwing out outrage and anger with no like content, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people they're angry but they're not I'm not really sure if they know what they're angry about. You know, I'm not really sure if they can put their emotions into words that's meaningful. Um and I think it's calling on people to have even more of awareness and more of a position about things as opposed to just either saying, oh, this is stupid or whatever. Um, And I think that people have to, in some cases, really put their emotions aside about topics as emotional as this topic is. And I think that you have to kind of go in it with the facts, you know, and we have to be open to having a discussion that may perhaps involve people not agreeing with what we what we uh think. I mean, we have four people here tonight that have relatively different views and approaches and experiences about certain things. And yet we were able to have a productive conversation for almost four hours because of the fact that we're reasonable, decent human beings who want something to change. And I think that that's a good start. But I think what we're in control of versus what needs to what needs to change is a whole nother issue what's that Brian what do you think we can do to
0: make a change um as young men
2: uh I I think that right now the the biggest change is talking about it um I don't don't think uh we can really do anything at, at, at this juncture until more people get involved because I think um when people post on social media, like it, like we said, it goes to those few people, and then it falls on deaf ears in the lines of our officials, our governments, people running the police departments, everything under the sun. So I think the best thing is to talk about it and come up with a discussion how we can not be violent and figure out how we can reach everybody, get the celebrities, the star power, the uh, you know Al Sharptons and other reverends and political icons that can help us move this forward because they have the experience under their belt and they've been dealing with this for, you know, 40, 50 something years. So they have the experience that they grew up to it. And I think we need to learn from that experience of how they've handled it. Maybe that their handling hasn't been as great as getting us to a point, but I feel every decade or so there has been some sort of betterness to, our world, maybe not the way we like it, as everyone wants a perfect world. It'll never be that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the best thing is to talk about it and try to come up with solutions. I don't, I don't think the violence is is the answer. I think it's only going to hurt us and our community in the long run. Um, so I th- I think uh, young people being out and talking and voting, um, they need to be on that platform and they need to vote and pay attention to who's gonna be in office and make changes for your individual community. I think that's what will grow it. All right. And you?
0: Okay, I wasn't even gonna answer, but no. <laughs> sure. I, for me, I think the biggest thing is just opening dialog Let me gonna be completely honest. I think until we can start to get people on the same page as to what the issues really are, There's nothing that's going to happen. So if we, you know, the more people that we can help see everyone's point of view, everything doesn't need to be a fight. You know, we can talk about things. We can disagree. You know, we can disagree and still get things done. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to, uh, you know, we don't have to see eye to eye, but we do need to respect each other's opinions. And we do need to respect where we all come from. And we do need to respect how we plan on moving forward. Whether it's together or not, that's fine. But it's just, I think that's where we start. We need to start respecting people's views, respecting people's outlooks. Don't be so quick to be aggressive. Don't be so quick to disagree. Don't listen to respond. Listen to understand and then respond to what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to change the world, I feel. That, not even the world. That's what's going to change how things are happening right now. That's what's going to... Get us to what you guys are talking about, I feel. So that's what I believe.
1: Well said, guys. Well said.
2: Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at thesocialjusticepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.